All right, three, two, one. Three, two, one, what? All right, sorry, I asked him a question that we cut out of the podcast. So if there's a jump, that's why. All right, welcome back and enjoy part two. Robin, trying to talk more about your um, your journey towards, uh, your hopeful journey towards uh, Delft. Well, at this point, it is a very hopeful journey as we are quite behind and I'm missing, I've got a lot of gaps in my knowledge for physics. Uh, and physics is sort not of the a, fault of your own. Well, I could have taken a little bit more initiative. Um, yeah, fair enough. But I so I've I've been I guess blessed with um, having a European citizenship. Uh, so kind of from day one, the plan was to go to Europe. Given that um, it costs more to play soccer here than it does to go to college there, um, <laughs> and I don't mean like a lower level college. Uh, Technical University of Delft is, um, I'd say, a top tier. Maybe, a, okay, a tier below the Ivies, but um, I'd say the Ivies are the only ones who who could um, who could beat Delft. I don't think I've asked you this yet, Robin. Um, but um, after Delft, is the plan to uh, to build rockets in in uh, the Netherlands, or is it is it to come back here? Oh no, it's one hundred percent, one hundred percent to come back here. Um, I think that the U.S., no shade to Europe, but if you really want to innovate um, and be part of something quite revolutionary, the only place to be uh, is the U.S. Um, My mom, a very close friend to my mom, recently published a book about how the Dutch government just makes it so difficult for companies and he put an emphasis on tech company companies to really succeed there and i think although you know the us has a lot of flaws one of its um i guess strong points is that it's a great breeding ground for place for companies like amazon tesla spacex things that have really revolutionized our society um and it's no coincidence that they all end up ended up uh, ended up starting here, really, um, and that's that's really the a real patriot. Why. Well, but I yeah, mean, this guy—I mean—that's kind of genius. Getting the um, you get the European uh, college education, and you deal with that whole system over there. So you get right. those advantages. Oh, but, so to take- but then you come back to the U.S. Right. and change the game here. It's why didn't I think of that? Right. Well. Most um, most graduates of Delft don't stay in the Netherlands for long. Um, it's not really a place of. Um, it's more an in and out type of integration. That's the pretty same. cool that they're because it's like is it free or just insanely cheap to go there? It's one thousand eight hundred dollars for my first year. Dude, that's pretty cool how they're uh, they're okay with, um, not like how the net the is it because the the Dutch government subsidizes it, or is it just that cheap? I mean, it must be, right? Uh, to be honest, I have not put too much research into why it's cheap. I'm just taking advantage of it. Yeah. Um, if it is, it's either like massive donations from, from uh, alumni, or yeah, it's more yeah, like the Dutch government. Um, alumni. Sorry. It's, it's a mix. Um, alumni love to 
give back, um, especially to the aeronautics program. I mean, they've had like, they've had F-16s, they've had many um, donated back, they've had top class flight simulators um, given back. So it's, or funded, I'd say. Um, And the government does invest a lot in these programs. I was going to say, it's nice that the the government doesn't like force people to stay to help help with the boost the economy a little bit with education for a while. It's pretty cool. Well, and to be completely frank, I don't know if uh, in in most places in Europe, maybe it's not that cheap, as cheap as in the Netherlands, but um, it's really just insanely expensive here. No, I know. I wasn't, that's not what I was trying to get at. I was just trying to say, so she has a, I guess you're a citizen. Is it the same for, for uh, non-citizens? For non-citizens, I believe it's about $10,000. Okay, so that makes, that makes more sense. But It's like in-state uh, tuition, but, but uh, the, more on the national level. But the thing is, is that um, the Dutch government gives you a stipend, so you don't have to work or anything. Oh, that's, uh, that's really nice. So, so hypothetically speaking, say uh, I go to Delft. Um, I take out, I can take out a maximum of $45,000 a year loan. Um, and so I pay my 1.8 K back to Delft and then the other 43.2 K I live off, but I only pay it back when number one, I have a job. Number two, I only pay back monthly depending on my salary so if i'm earning ten dollars an hour i'll pay back significantly less than if i'm making a hundred dollars an hour and there are very there's very 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 little interest on um very little interest on um on uh on this on this loan and by the way that forty five thousand is for is for the entire like college like your entire life in college so in total, so I'll like, give you a stipend uh, or stipend. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Uh, to go there, you don't. So you're saying you're essentially never breaking even. You just got to. So you're still taking out a loan, I guess. Um, yeah, but but they they give you a, a very nice loan with very and nice it's not even for like a student debt loan. It's just to be able to live in the country, essentially. Right. That's right. All. So I think it's fifteen thousand years, and typically degrees are three years instead of four. So it t- it sums up to forty five thousand, and that's um, as they say over there. If you're eating steaks every night, um, most kids don't take out forty five thousand throughout their three years. Um, they're able to live off a little bit less. Um, but yeah, no, the it's just I think I personally think it's a much better deal to go over to the Netherlands. Two thousand percent, yeah. I mean, unless I got into an MIT or something of that standard. Uh, I think even then, I mean, the, the difference in the ones you'd have to take out. Right. It's like right. A, a serious thing to consider if you can get into both. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. been really blessed with that opportunity. Well, here's what I have to say about your opportunity. I think all of these, um, all these majors, these careers, these positions, it's all made up, to be honest. They're all really just outlining different roles people can take in uh, in making money. And that's kind of that kind of gets into my opinion that college is all about marketing. 
and all these different majors they throw at you, the campus, the lifestyle, the um, the way it's all structured to squeeze every penny out of you. It's really, um, it's all marketing, to be honest. College in the U.S., it's kind of what uh, Robin really exposed there, that it's a for-profit system. And I really hope that uh, education in the future moves in a different direction where it's less about um, it's less about the privatization and the the marketing of education and more about straight up education. That's how I would view it. I agree. I think more, if really more places could be like if more places could be like Delft. That would be great. That'd just be great. I think the Dutch government's just making investment in their people. Um, something that you don't really see a lot here. Um, I think that America is a great place to be once you have that education. I think there's no better place to be than than here. But prior to that, or if you don't get, receive a top-notch education at all, America is the not best as... place, bro. What about, bro? Are you you can't be serious right now, bro? What about Canada? They got Drake. Really. They got the six. Dude, they got the Raptors. Right, but they don't have SpaceX. They got Kyle Lowry. They got Kyle Lowry, Robin. Yeah, that's what I still beautiful. think the U.S. is the best. Oh, I think the U.S. is the best. Get them out of here. In the innovation aspect. I think taking care of their citizens, you know, they don't really fall into first place. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I, something I'd like to point out is that no matter which of these fields uh, we've discussed that you go into, there's always going to be that same corporate culture with these quote-unquote prestigious companies like Amazon, Google, uh, JP Morgan, uh, Tesla, Morgan Stanley, all these, all these. It's the same. You're living the same life, just with some slight alterations. But... STEM is still the hardest. Let's be real. <laughs> Who would beg to differ? I don't know. I think there's a lot of... I don't want to say it's as hard as you make it, but I think but I think that it, it, there's a lot of variables. I really don't know much about pre-med, uh, so I can't really speak for that. No, I cannot be asked to talk about how bad virtual learning is again. So, so Why don't we talk I, about I, online I've school? I've been asked that so many times in interviews. Do y'all think that... um? How y'all think it's going to be with online college? People aren't really getting that. Uh, no, it's not going to be. It's not going to be. Honestly, uh, I was saying that half uh, like in, in wishful thinking, but I, I'm not sure how accurate this number is, but I think I heard that they're vaccinating like what, a million people a day. So, well, we have six months until school starts, until uh, till September. Um, so, and that we're, we'd assume vaccines would only go up. Vaccinations only go up because they're buying more. So right. that's at minimum 180 million people. The population is only like, what, 300 million? I think we'll have, 30. yeah, good enough herd immunity, um, by that point to be able to, with masks <laughs> at least, safely go to classes and go to campus. Something about this whole thing is that 
you need to find ways to apply yourself that you might not have thought of before. For me, it's the podcast. What is it for for you listening? What is it for uh, you two? I've opened up. Uh, I mean, I guess I've changed. Um, I, you've changed my, I, I you've changed I've your shirt. You've, um, during quarantine. You've changed the um, song in your uh, playlist. I mean, as I mentioned, I took the intro course at MIT. Um, went a little bit deeper into math, I'd say. Um, and uh, I also started reading a lot. Same, um, dude, same. Currently reading something about, currently reading something about Vanderbilt. Uh, I read about Teddy Roosevelt. Um, was that a uh, was there a joke in there or no? No, Ben, there was no joke in there. Okay. <laughs> um, I can show you the book right now. Um, yeah, that's that's good. Uh, no, um, books are important. Why? Why offer? All right. The next book that I'm thinking reading. of reading is The Wealthy Barber. Here yeah. are your uh, your your book recommendations, Daniel. As I um, I was getting back to. That. As I talked about before, I uh, read this book called "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill. It's kind of a kind of one of the basics. Up next, um, like kind of heading towards a book someone recommended to me called "The Wealthy Barber." It's kind of a it's about investing in finance. I think it's just important to, um, to read and kind of get these ideas uh, in your daily routine. I agree. What else have you guys been doing productively to keep yourself selves busy? I just think quarantine has that has changed people's behavior towards just society as a like the way they see other people. Um, well, that's, that's like since that's March. Do you think people have become more uh, trying to trying to find conflict where they can more, uh, or do you think people have been like more? in each other's faces and more aggressive towards each other since quarantine has started? I think that we have definitely become more divided. I think that during times of crisis, our country performs best when we're united for sure. But when we're not, it all goes to hell. Um, I mean, in reference to wars, I guess, look what happened during World War II. We were able to become an industrial power. Or we were an industrial power. We were, we were able to become a military power in such a short time. But then look what happened in Vietnam when the country was insanely divided and things were kind of going to shit. Um, and I think that this coronavirus has is much more of a Vietnam than a World War II um, in the sense of how we're unified. And I think a part of that has been the amount of hate there's been towards each other from the get-go. Should we lock down or not? Um, should we restrict everything or not? And it's really carried on through these last 10 months. And with people having more and more time on their hands, they have more and more time to um, time to argue. But not only that, but these are quite emotional times. So people are also becoming a lot more emotion emotional and less rational making things a whole lot harder to sort out between each other. Very interesting. I feel like, uh, I guess it did kind of bring out the worst in us. But, I mean, this whole this whole episode is about um, 
knowing yourself, know what you want to study and pursue and how you want to generate your own success. And we've talked about our own personal ambitions and how we're all really just at the beginning. And I feel like uh, if it wasn't for this whole lockdown, we wouldn't we wouldn't have really learned the things we learned. To be honest, at the end of junior year, at the end of junior year, I was feeling you have no idea. I was so burnt out, like uh, in like February, March, twenty twenty. Kind of got saved by the pandemic. Just um, such a lighter version of school, like online school for a couple hours a day at max, and then um, just then you have the rest of the time of yourself. It really let me recover and. Really helped me chase an extremely uh, successful academic uh, senior first semester. Really made me consider what I truly wanted to get out of life and my education and everything that that there is to pursue. So yeah, and in some in some ways I'm yeah, thankful I, for this uh, this lockdown. I you got to consider the good, right? But we also can't forget all the tragedy that's come with it i mean today we hit the five hundred thousand mark so do y'all do y'all want to pursue undergraduate research alongside a professor as part of their their team kind of in that traditional sense or do you want to stray away from that because i feel like that's something robin needs to consider the most us too but um specifically robin i think should have quite a bit to say about that why is that I can take it if you want. Go for it, Ben. I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to do both undergraduate research of my own with a professor helping and that because a lot of data science is, uh, if I'm going to need to have a lot of hands-on experiences, especially if I'm looking for a job, uh, relating to that. So I think, uh, starting by learning like, as a part of a professor's team would be a dope chance just to like, uh see how they kind of do it see the methods they used to do it but i also think exactly. having the chance to do some research on my own would would help me get more comfortable with like doing that kind of stuff once i'm not like as sheltered in a college scenario but where i'm like doing work of my own um and just because with the resources you get out of college i think being able to especially like some of the colleges i'm hoping to be able to go to actually all of them have some pretty great research opportunities i think there's like a lot of uh i think there's a lot of resources um that i can make use of uh with the research at a college yeah and there are um as i've kind of looked at my options i've heard of professors um taking on freshmen into research like which is um yeah which would seem kind of crazy but uh, I mean, any any set of hands can help. Exactly, it's about it'll, it'll, it's about the experience, you. really. Um, it's kind of the way I learned too. Um, just like getting to see how you can actually apply that kind of stuff. Like that's why I loved Arguelles' class in ninth grade. The way he ran the uh, computer science class, because you kind of just you kind of had to figure this stuff out on your own, or even if it's not on your own, you had to you were learning as you were applying it to. A certain project which uh worked really well for me and i think trying to do that as much as i can in college is going to be pretty important and uh, another thing that's really 
something that has really changed my perspective on all of this is um, our Calc 3 class, our Calc 3 and linear algebra class. That's really something that's okay. kind of changed my perspective because it's, um, you know, multivariable calculus. It's more, uh, more viewed as like a college level topic because there's no AP exam um, on Calc 3. It just, uh, just goes to BC and then um, everything else is in kind of everyone's own hands and like I said before, um, Calc three is something that a lot of a lot of high schools across the country take, but it's it's not really the standard necessarily. And taking it is kind of um, it's just been awesome, straight up. We've had we've had the best teacher, um, uh, we've had the best notes, and I'm not gonna lie, it's been a pretty interesting <laughs> class. Just to, I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we you have, have to you have to restate that. The notes. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, that class, it's like, it, it makes no sense whatsoever when you're first looking at it. But then when it's crunch time, the quiz is due at midnight. You, you need, uh, you need a 100 on the test to get an A plus final grade for your mid-year transcript. Boom. You just, the notes, it all just starts making sense. Um, you multiply this gradient. Say, you multiply this gradient by this vector, by this partial derivative, and then you divide by um, the magnitude of of uh, the tangent vector, and then um, take the um, yeah, yeah. Then you take the derivative with the respect to tau, and then um, multiply by kappa, and then you take a cross yeah. product of that with um, the vector of when I was looking at those classes in ninth grade or like hearing about the, the names of them and seeing that that would be on my, that was within my trajectory throughout high school. I don't know about if, if you guys felt the same way, but at first I was like pretty daunting. Uh, it just was like, yeah. it, it, it looked crazy to, to think that in high school I'd be taking Calc 3. And then once we got into it, I mean, first just, it was a pretty chill class because we got each other, some other yeah, friends and just like a good teacher yeah, in it. quarter four to 98. Yeah, but like as quarter two, but as we got through it, um. As we like went through the class, I kind of realized like I, I can I can do this. Um, and it kind of I mean I'm not I'm not like stressing at all about about college level stuff anymore. I haven't been for a while to be fair because like calc, but it just kind of goes to show that like um, I don't know. I just it kind of I'm not as stressed about college level work anymore because after taking that stuff, which seemed near impossible or sounded near impossible, it's yeah, like exactly. it's really not that complicated. That's kind of what I felt with the um, right way. That's what I felt with AP Chemistry because going into junior year, AP Chemistry was hyped up as the hardest class like in any school ever because, well, first of all, it's nearly unanimously agreed as the hardest AP. Y'all, that'll make y'all that'll make y'all mad because you didn't take it. You y'all could disagree, but straight up, bro, it's the hardest AP, undeniably, and. The way our school does it is um, you don't take honors chemistry first. A lot of schools have it so that you take honors chemistry to get the foundation and then AP chemistry, but not. Nah, um, I actually uh, went to my teacher's summer lectures in order to get honors chemistry down so I could take AP chemistry. And uh, it was just it was just on another level. And I'm kind of a guy who has trouble paying attention in class a lot of the time. 
but um oh that i loved about about online school especially in the i mean i i miss like kind of miss not talking with people or no i miss not talking with people in person obviously but like i i miss that there wasn't breakout rooms at the end of last year but the fact that we could we were just given the notes and we could learn it at our own pace um exactly that's that, and learn that's, it along yeah. with the work was so, that's what I did so with, nice that's what i did with chemistry because um like a lot of things would go in one year and out the other because that's just the kind of guy I am. It's especially when you're forced to wake up at but then seven a.m. But there's so many. There's so, the thing is AP double stuff that really there's so there's so many resources for any class you can take. Um, I honestly think that you can self study any high school class. I think so too. Yeah. Like you obviously that'd be, be obviously that'd be insanely hard. But it's possible. And to be honest, I wouldn't have succeeded in AP chemistry if I didn't um, learn to teach myself. Yeah, I forgot what the, I forgot what the guy was. I forgot what the guy what the guy was called. But um, he had this video series on a lot of the units kind of carried me through the year. Not going to lie. That's not to, that's not to um, that's not a knock against my teacher because my teacher was I really liked him. He wrote me a. Wrote me a recommendation. I didn't get to see that recommendation, but I'm hoping it was pretty good. Um, but uh, but yeah, teaching yourself is um, Fully it's a skill topic. that will carry you far. Take a psychology class in college. What's that? Psychology or sociology or something like that class. I think taking one of those at some point when you have the chance to is is going to be. Pretty cool. I, I think it's will. an experience everyone should have. I, I I'm so, I like definitely want to do something like that. Uh, and you don't even have to like at all be interested in, in uh, studying it further than like an intro level class, but it's just it's a it was a really cool uh, topic when I was learning it in psych last year. The sociology side of how people think it's really important. This is what we're, I'm taking sociology right now. This is what I'm telling y'all. You you can actually enjoy your education. Isn't that crazy? Because what I the, the kind of mindset that I had for years was that um oh I'm going to school because I have to. I hate coming to class. Um, I'd rather just do something else. Um, it's awfully good that I'm naturally talented at school, or else I'd kind of be screwed. But then senior year was when I kind of like oh I actually um. I actually enjoy physics and math, but I was conditioned to hate it because um, the general consensus is that school is boring. And when you sit through school for hours, um, kind of sucks the life out of you. But um, right. if you really, if you really, if you really pursue classes that you enjoy, it sounds something that's probably been beaten into everyone's head. But um, if you're like us, take AP physics, take AP computer science. If your high school offers well, Calc three, take that. Um, AP Chemistry. Um, if you if you think that's where your interests are, take it. You'll learn. You'll learn to enjoy what you're yeah, studying. Your will, that's going to just launch you into new heights because um, um, there's a lot of different aspects to discipline, and one of them is motivation. You're never going to be motivated to do something that you hate. Another thing, something that I've noticed about myself is that um. Um, I would have activities that I would do. Um, I hated them, but I still did them because it's too much of a hassle to quit. 
it's too much of a hassle to quit. But um, I thankfully at the right time I got around to doing what um the extracurriculars that I actually wanted to do, and I think that's um benefiting me in the long run. I agree. There were a lot of things that I was less than content about, but, you know, helped me in the long run. Freshman year, I was not happy about community service. I was like, why would I help these broke people? (laughs) I (laughs) 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 And then junior, I was like, wow, I really like this stuff. Word. Um, like for example, yeah, um, better. for example, I'm a I'm a I'm a public tutor, and uh, it's something that I kind of used to view as a chore. Like, oh, I gotta go after school and tutor this person, and uh, hopefully, it's not too boring today. But like, this is gonna sound crazy again. It's actually enjoyable. Uh, teaching somebody something that you're passionate about is enjoyable, isn't that? Ain't that crazy? So the tutoring's enjoyable. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, it I is. agree. I've I've actually been really liking the kids I've been tutoring. Um, they're so nice, yo. I was not expecting them to be that chill. Respectfully, I do not like tutoring. I tutor my sister too many times. Um, All right. To be honest, I'll be I'll be I'll be open about um, myself with this. Um, Throughout high school, I kind of went from somebody who just went in, went out, didn't really um, know their purpose, really. But um, I'm really thankful that I'm coming out um, knowing what bag I want to chase, knowing what lane is mine, and. uh, and I'm learning to care less and less about what others are up to because if you want to be successful, um, you just have to. You can't be focused on what others are doing. It's just not acceptable. It's it's such a distraction. It's such a um, such a. It'll it'll just beat you down, and uh, you got to learn to stop comparing yourself to others um, because if you're just constantly thinking about what others are doing and you're letting that take away from your own success it's really it's really harmful simultaneously it's it's immature as well a competitive attitude though like at least a good sense of mine is that i always i always try to win regardless of what i do that's the thing win when it's in your control but we've kind of gotten to a point where it's out of our control like College admissions, it's out of our hands. Like, we've already, since we're second semester seniors, our grades are basically finalized. Um, our SATs are finalized. Our extracurriculars are finalized. Um, there's the, sli- that, there's like, the slight five, chance, like there's the slight happens. chance, uh, there's a slight chance I get waitlisted at, a, at schools and then I'm like, oh, check out my new GPA improve. But, like, it's over. It's out of our control. There's no point in. Right. Uh, comparing yourself to others because um, there are going to be times in life where someone gets something that you feel you deserved more and then you didn't get it but um, you have to not be thrown off by it just part of life in case y'all don't know um, I'm a cross country and track athlete 
Robin I mean, is a Robin's an athletic extraordinaire. Soccer and uh, distance running. He's kind of a fiend at both. Thank you. Shall we continue the Ben slander? Yes. Yes. This is my this is my favorite yeah, part. It was it was only a matter of time. Nah, but uh, the bigger they are, the more they get slandered. But uh, but you, you hit blink, Ben. What? Do you hit blink? No, I have a I have a bench in my own room. Oh, how much you bench? Uh, I don't I don't do PRs. Oh, he he doesn't so, do PRs. Is he I'm joking, Ben. You probably bench more than me. We're too focused Damn, on the marathon. Hey, I I try to focus on both. I've been running a lot more lately. More than you already have been. Yeah. That's tight. Well, I guess we're waking up at four thirty. What's the what's the average Robin four thirty a.m. length run? So, um, I set my alarm for four thirty, um, and to be completely frank, it takes me a, take me a little bit to get out of bed, especially when it's dark and cold out. I eat a very nice breakfast. Typically, um, I eat a sandwich with mayo, pepperoni, and Memphis barbecue sauce. Um, but. <laughs> No, then, then I get my day going. I'm very blessed that I have a car I can drive from 4.30 to about 8 a.m., given that no one needs it. Um, so a lot of times I take myself to uh, the reservation um, where I run, whether it be on the track, off the track. Um, on some days, I really just clear my head in front of the view. Uh, and then um, I can do uh, – other times I'll – Go to Underhill and do some calisthenics, uh, run around the track. Not right now because, you know, the snow's there. Um, the snow's kind of been uh, making this process a little harder. And then typically around, I'd say, 6, 5.45, I go to Blink. I meet up with my gym partner, Ryland. Um, hey, shout out Ryland. Shout out Ryland. Shout out Ryland, a very honorable man. Um and I mean, we work out. We get a good lift in, and then we depart. That's pretty epic. Um, I had a similar thing going on in the over the summer. So, when you're a cross country athlete, um, and you're doing your summer training, you'll realize that it's too hot to sustain your running load during the afternoon or during the late morning so what you have to do is either go for night runs or go for early morning runs to beat the heat and me and the boys we chose we chose morning runs so i would wake up at 4 30 as well i would get practicing um at my peak i was doing 70 miles a week and get some lifting in get some core and get some stretching and get some rolling in afterwards and then over the summer, I was attending. Um, I was attending an engineering class at a university. Um, it was a summer program, nothing, no big deal. It was pretty short. It was also virtual. Um, I was just kind of doing me for most of the summer. It was a less structured summer than the one I had before because um, um, Dan was COVID kind of threw me. COVID kind of threw me off because I had a job. Uh, for yeah, the, Robin, your had a job for not matter. two summers. <laughs> I, had, uh, I asked. I asked Dan if. If your summer thing was at Stevens Institute, it was. Of it was. If you, anyone who's seen my LinkedIn would know that. I'm on it right now. <laughs> yeah. 
But the thing is, I is really nice. had to, I really had to improvise over the summer of 2020 because, I mean, previously I had a job at the YMCA working 40 hours a week. But then um, was I was not uh, I was not returning during the pandemic. So. So, yeah, I really had to um, really had to throw a plan together really last minute and uh I feel like I did a good job. I'll uh, I'll commend myself on that. Hey, always give credit where credit's due. Ben, tell us about your summers. My most recent summer? Any summers. But yeah. Well, my most recent one, I uh I got to work at a pharmacy. Um, hey. which was 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 really dope cuz that was like my first time working in like in like as a real professional area. Um, I was scared to poop this, <laughs> uh, but I had, I didn't know what I was going to do. So, cause I, I, I had no idea what I was going to be asked to me at a pharmacy And just for context. It's like the way it's structured is like the front half of it is kind of like a somewhat retail store, but it just has like candles and like soaps and stuff, semi high end. Uh, and then the back half is like a pharmacy. It's kind of like if the South orange pharmacy was like really nice or not really nice but like nicer uh so i got there the first day and they the person who's my boss she was like this 30 year old woman um 33 ish she's like a fiend she owns like five pharmacies around uh the new york long island area and she she makes she makes bank she makes a lot of money i can't Uh, imagine but so first day they just had me like taught me how to use the register i did that and then it was also just like unpacking kinray which is just like the over-the-counter stuff that comes in for the pharmacy essentially second day and like i wanted to it was kind of boring and i want to see the first day and i wanted to do more so but uh everyone else who worked there was like 20 something plus which i i didn't find out until like a month in and they didn't find out until like a month and other that i was 17 i thought i was like 23 because I had my mask on the entire time. Um, so I just never knew. But so I, second day I come in, they teach me how to work in the pharmacy. So essentially what my job was, was uh, when customers came, I'd find out what prescriptions they needed. If they had like insurance stuff, I'd enter that. Uh, I'd, I'd like be the front person that also, I'd get their prescriptions from the people uh, bought them in the back because you need like a, certification or something to be that to count the pills obviously because it's like they're moving everything there's so many i was shocked at some of the drugs people were able to buy um especially like in the quantities that were in the frequency some of them were i was shocked just at like some of the drugs people were buying or the prices too it also it like showed me how important healthcare is to have uh because the people who came in without insurance they had to spend thousands of dollars on like important important drugs or drugs i needed uh which made me feel kind of bad to be honest but um to show that like how important it is to have insurance healthcare, uh which was a good lesson but also i was working with people i i they were really chill um which was dope to see i just got to see like it it, it gave me that's like anxiety about working a real job in the future because like 
I don't know if other people feel the same way, but for me, at least I always imagine like some kind of stressful uh, environment or just like people are, are kind of dicks to each other. And it's just like super professional, but like everyone there was, was, I mean, wanted to get to the day the same as anyone else. So then make it fun however they could. We'd like poke fun of the customers after or while they were there behind their backs. Um, just had like a good time. So that was, it was a pretty dope experience. Great to hear. So work, work experience is obviously very important. And for us, it's not necessarily about getting into the fields we wanted to get into just yet. Our work experience is not necessarily connected to that, but what it did teach us was how to actually be an employee and what it's like. In my in my um, circumstance, I was a camp counselor at the YMCA, and there there was a lot there was a lot that uh, kind of threw me off. So, what happened was, I was running in the morning, and I was going to chemistry summer classes, um, and then I was going to the Y for eight hours a day. So, I was pretty tired a lot of the time, and that kind of um. There, it was a job that was so, one of the main values of the job was um, counselors being super energetic all the time. Yeah. And it was re- like, I tried my hardest. It was really tough to be energetic all the time when I had so much going on at once. Like, it was hard to get proper sleep, proper diet and all that. Being in the sun all day, just keeping my energy. I don't know how everyone else did it. It was kind of crazy. At the end of the day, I still did pretty well, but um, I was nowhere near the best camp counselor. Um, someone who was, however, um, a guy we go Ray to school, Hiley. a guy a guy we go to school with. Shout out Ray. Ray was like the Michael Jordan of camp counselors. Like he showed up his first year, um, caught the attention of everyone. Just being, dude, he was just so good with kids. Like. He was such a funny guy. Like, shout out Ray. He was so good for that job. And it just kind of showed me, like, sheesh. Like, it was kind of one of the first times in my life where I felt like I was, um, in my environment, I was falling behind in a way. And it was also um, extremely taxing, I'll say. It is. Yeah, it was way I harder than school. It was way harder than school. Like a million times. I had eight internships at the department, so that was kind of that was pretty brutal. And then but, at the end of was, the summer, my boss. At the end of the summer, my boss was like, "So, oh, that was a great summer. We'd uh, we'd love to have you next year. Um, you're you're basically guaranteed to return next year." And then, um, but then obviously the pandemic hit and everything changed. So yeah. Yeah, I had I was I was doing eight hour shifts at the at the pharmacy too. Um, that was, I mean, then the first like two weeks, I didn't want to seem like lazy by taking lunch breaks. <laughs> so I'd either eat nothing, um, and just like, and just go through it. Cause some of the time I'd be distracted enough that I didn't even get hungry. Um, or I just like sneak a bar off in like five minutes. Cause I was new there. I didn't know like how the environment rolled. Um, yeah, I know. but like I got, I got pretty comfortable there. So I just ended up, I got later to take like breaks so quicker than everyone else, but I, I mean, it's just not healthy to work a full eight hours with uh, not a single moment sitting down to just fucking eat a meal. Exactly. But um, it was it was a uh, 
I, I know what you mean about the tag. Your your wife wants to get off, and I because I, I had I was a camp counselor too. I but ours was five hours. Ours was like nine to one. Um, but that was that was a pretty fun experience, and I did it. Same thing. Uh, I don't know if you know Jay Callen, but I had to work with him, and then Sean Colding. Hey, shout out uh, Jay Callen. Sean Colding is a fiend, yo. He's like this. It sounds like he's the same as Ray. I mean, he was just like everyone. Everyone liked him. That man was so chill. Uh, but him and me had been friends for a while because we used to go to the camp as campers. It was a really good camp counselor. Uh, Shout out Tommy. That man, Tommy Catino. Yeah, he was um, yeah. one of the goaded camp counselors uh, in the YMCA organization. So yeah. What I liked a lot. Shout out him. It's tough out here. The kids that I thought were chill kind of gravitated towards me, anyways. Um, yeah, just the ones that like were whining all the time, like the the ones who who wanted to play sports, or like uh, if they wanted to board games, but like wouldn't want to play the Astro one or with other kids. Um, they they kind of just like linked up with me, which was pretty dope. So I I, I really did that that job did not feel like work at all. The the camp counts the one. So overall, it was. Um... Overall, being a camp counselor is pretty worth it. Just to yeah. um, just the, what I gained from the experience, like get it, like what sure it was cool to get paid and all that, but what I gained from the experience was um, was quite valuable. Yeah, I'm assuming I know the answer, but uh, you taking that mindset into hopeful internships in college. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, experience. But in that situation, I'm going to be the dude who everyone considers to be the fiend. Mark my words. I'm going to be that dude. Um, catches all the eyes. That guy's an idea, man. That's who you want to (laughs) be. So yeah, I think, by um, the way, you can, Robin, you can leave, you can go to bed. Yeah, I'm rushing my jeep now. Good night. Oh, okay. All right, I think that um, concludes things. At the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, you've heard us say a lot. We've talked about uh, our interests, our lives, uh, our experiences, what we've learned, and um, since we're just high schoolers, we still have quite a bit to learn in the future. So, um, know yourself. We'll leave you with that.